0: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons.
1: Ah, there it is. My house. That good old Cleveland Street. How could I ever forget it? there I am. With that dumb, round face and that stupid stocking cap. Oh, but no matter. Christmas was on its way. Lovely, glorious, beautiful Christmas around which the entire kid year revolved.
0: That is Gene Shepard narrating the opening scene of the beloved movie, A Christmas Story, which was originally released 40 years ago. And did you hear him refer to Cleveland Street? Well, that's in Hammond, Indiana, where he grew up and formed friendships, which inspired the stories that eventually became this holiday classic. So our architecture sleuth, Dennis Rodkin, traveled to the original Shepard house to learn more. And he joins us now in studio. Hey, Dennis.
1: Hi, Sasha. Good How to are see you? you.
0: So tell us more about Gene Shepard.
1: You know, Gene Shepard is a fascinating guy, born in Chicago, born uh, in Washington Park on Calumet Avenue um, in 1921. And a couple of years later, his father gets a job at a dairy in Hammond, the Borden Dairy. Mm -hmm. So the family moves there. And by 1931, they're living at that house on Cleveland Street. But then after he goes off to World War II service. He starts a radio career. He ends up sort of working his way up to becoming this sort of legendary person in New York radio. I never heard him, but uh, apparently very widely listened in New York. Jerry Seinfeld has said that he grew up listening to uh, oh, cool. Gene Shepard overnight. Donald Fagan, one of the founders of Steely Dan, one of the lead musicians in Steely Dan, has written about how he grew up listening to Gene Shepard, a storyteller. He was writing stories that were sort of autobiographical. He was telling them. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a PBS show. He was just a guy who told stories, but very well-known for it.
0: Yeah, he told stories about his friends who all lived within a few blocks of each other, and they got published in a collection in In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash. So how did those stories become the basis for the movie?
1: Well, actually, it starts a step before that. The The stories were first published in Playboy, which, of course, was Chicago-based. Then it becomes a best-selling novel in 1966. He strings some of his stories together And then, so here's an interesting turn. The way the movie gets made is that there's a director, Bob Clark, who directed about, just about 10 years earlier, he directed Black Christmas, which is another Christmas movie, but a very different tone. It's about a slasher in a sorority house. (laughs) Um, Very different tone than 1983. There's this script going around for uh, A Christmas Christmas story, Story, and Bob Clark gets attached to that directs it and gene shepherd who has been involved signs on as narrator
0: well let's listen to a bit of the movie you'll hear Shepard narrating the story of play and mischief of young boys on the playground the exact
1: exchange and nuance of phrase in this ritual is very important
0: <laughs> are you kidding stick my tongue to that stupid poet's dumb that's gosh you know it'll stick you're full of it Dog dare. What else was left but a triple dare? You and finally the coup de grace of all dares, the
1: sinister triple really dog dare. dare.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, as Shepard narrates, he grew up on Cleveland Street, right. in Hammond. The movie was actually filmed in Cleveland, Ohio. Is that a coincidence?
1: Uh It's a coincidence, but it is something that Gene Shepard savored. You you see things where he says, "Yeah, we were on Cleve, we were in Cleveland." Filming about Cleveland right. Street, but it is—it's completely a coincidence.
0: What got you interested in in looking into this in the first place?
1: Well, Sasha, you know that I read the historical newspapers. You do and daily, it, daily. <laughs> and in November, I was reading one from 40 years ago, uh, and it was Gene Siskel's review of this new movie in the Tribune. This new movie called A Christmas Story, and two things stood out. One, Gene Siskel said, "Yeah, it's a it's a really fun movie, but nobody's going to watch it." And now, you know, 40 <laughs> years later, it's very well wrong. known. The other thing that Gene got wrong is he said it was about Gene Shepard growing up in Gary, Indiana. which no. is t- I know. Wrong. Yeah, there wasn't Google at that time, so he couldn't <laughs> look it up. I assume somebody said it, it, Gene Shepard grew up in Gary and Gene Siskel wrote that. So then I started, you know, pulling on the threads. And there's a lot of information out there on uh, the locations in mm-hmm. Hammond that are related to the movie. Called Holman. In the movie. Called Homan, yeah. The main street of Hammond is Homan, and the town in the movie is Homan, not Hammond.
0: Nicknamed, I guess. I think so. Yeah, you know, yeah. He,
1: so his stories weren't entirely positive about Hammond, which might be the reason he
0: Changed gave it a fictitious name, name Homan. Yeah. Well, what what else can you tell us about his childhood home in Hammond?
1: Uh, it doesn't look like the one in the movie, um, unfortunately, I couldn't get inside. It's been owned since nineteen seventy-eight by the same family. Not his family. His okay. there was his family was there till the forties. Um uh, the second generation owns it now. I can't tell whether it's occupied. They didn't answer phone calls, so I wasn't able to get in. Supposedly his signature and his brother Randy's signature are still in one of the attic rafters. Really? But the difference between the house in the movie and the actual house, the actual house is sort of a familiar look in Chicago. One and a half story bungalow with a real steep roof and a porch. The house in the movie is also a familiar midwestern type. It's kind of a milk box, a real farmhouse style, mm. straight up two side, uh, two stories and a porch around two sides.
0: So the the friends that he was writing these stories about, like, and they lived nearby. Those houses are all still there, still standing. They were
1: both of those kids in that scene. The scene about the flagpole, Flick and Schwartz. Um, lived Flick lived a few doors down on Cleveland. This is according to research other people have done. i I'm not the one who found this. and Schwartz lived a few blocks farther away on Arizona. The teacher in the movie uh, also lived nearby mm-hmm. and and of course the school was there one though big, there's a new happy building. family yeah well, yeah, you know by the end of the movie they're a happy family
0: <laughs> by the end yeah <laughs> skip, skip a, c- a couple of scenes. <laughs> yeah so if I went to this block today, Dennis, what would I see are are there markings? around that would tell me, hey, this is connected to that movie you might have heard of.
1: No, not unless you took our article with you and had all the addresses or pulled (laughs) them up from other story. My friend Dennis Rodkin says. Exactly. But you could. Just last weekend, we missed our chance to go to a festival. Hammond now celebrates the movie. And this past weekend, um, all the actors who played those three boys Mm -hmm. and a few other actors were at a sort of a festival celebrating the movie in Hammond.
0: Who's Steve Glazer?
1: Steve Glazer is a super fan of Gene Shepard. Like Jerry Seinfeld, like Donald Fagan, he grew up um, listening to uh, Gene Shepard's late night radio show, Transistor Radio Under the Blanket, grew up to be a patent attorney. When he retired, he started researching Shepard. Shepard had a long career in radio.
0: Do we owe some of our knowledge right now to to Glazer?
1: We owe most of our knowledge to either Glazer or uh, Nick Mantis, who's a documentary, who's a Filmmaker in Northwest Indiana who's spent the past 10 years making a documentary about Gene Shepard. Between them and other sources, all these addresses have been pulled to the surface. And the reason that's been possible is that while the Shepard name is not in the movie, the Shepard family becomes the Parkers. Mm -hmm. Um, Flick is a name that is actually from his childhood. Schwartz is a name that is actually from his childhood, so Bumpus. those are real. Yeah. And so these people were able to go back to census records, et cetera, and find, oh, um, it, it was known where Shepard lived. But here's where Schwartz lived. Here's where the teacher lived. Here's where the Bumpuses lived. Mm.
0: A couple other buildings in the movie, a Chinese restaurant and a department store. They seem to have a real life Hammond connection, too.
1: They do this. This too is other people's research. So there was a Goldblatt's. The Chicago chain had a big store in Hammond. Yeah. That's gone. It's a vacant lot, or it's a parking lot now. But uh, the department store in the movie is called Higby's, which was an actual department store in Cleveland. So they they sort of um, messed with the the facts a little bit there. But um, right down the block from Goldblatt's, mm-hmm. what there was a Chinese restaurant. This again is other people's research that I'm um, borrowing. There was a chinese restaurant in the 40s called cam lan just down the block from goldblatt's it's now uh it's now another use but it was one of the earliest apparently chinese restaurants in northern northwestern indiana
0: i love the chicagoland connections here for sure we've been talking about a christmas story dennis but i gotta mention another holiday classic that takes place here in in our area right I'm, i'm talking about home alone yeah of course you actually covered this years back for what's that building
1: Another movie about it's a little blonde boy at me. Christmas, right?
0: <laughs> right, but I didn't know this. I that, had no idea that
1: it was filmed here. Or that
0: I, I knew nothing about the connection to to the Chicago area.
1: Oh well, it's so everybody covers. One of the reasons to do the Christmas story locations is that the um, Home Alone location is a perennial. I mean, right now it's on virtually every media site, which is not a bad thing. Home Alone is a beloved movie, yeah. and. It, took place in Winnetka. It was shot on a block of Lincoln in Winnetka. The house is very well known. Yes. And as you said, we did a What's That building years ago. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I think is fascinating when I started researching A Christmas Story, A Christmas Story always outranks Home Alone on published lists of the best Christmas movies. Does it? Esquire has one out this month where um, A Christmas Movie is number two. And Home Alone is down around number six. Oh, okay. Generally, A Christmas Story shows up in the top five. Home Alone shows up in the second five in the top ten. I was very surprised by I, that. Uh, that also
0: surprises me. And Rudolph?
1: Rudolph, <laughs> Rudolph yeah. Rudolph yes.
0: the Red-Nosed Reindeer also got his start in Chicago. It is true. They say everything cool comes from Chicago.
1: Yeah. And, well, and Rudolph is a great story. We um, So we did this several Christmases ago as well. guy named Robert May, 1939. He's working for Montgomery Ward. Montgomery Ward, the retail chain, would give out free coloring books every Christmas. And so the boss comes to this guy, Robert May, and says, can you write something? And there's actually sort of a tearjerker to the story because his wife, he lives on Mildred Mildred Street in Lakeview. His wife is dying of cancer. He has a small child, Mm -hmm. and he writes this uh, essentially to sort of console the child. His wife actually dies while he's writing it. Um, But it goes on to become this incredible classic and um, one of the things he said uh, at some point is it saved me from having to describe yeah. white shirts for Montgomery Ward year after year after year.
0: My goodness. We'll leave it there. That's Dennis Rockin, real estate reporter for Crane's Chicago Business and Our Architecture Sleuth. Thank you, Dennis. Always interesting Thanks, with you. Thank you so much. <laughs> if you want to learn more about the history of the Home Alone House and of Rudolph, you can head over to wbez.org slash reset.